welcome to the Dirtbag State of Mind podcast from the Climbing Zine. I am Luke Mihal, and this is episode 17 of season 2, a live recording here in Durango. You know, these last two years have taken away events and gatherings from a lot of us in many different ways. Some were more eager to go back to events than others. Um, I kind of took a cautious approach and only ended up doing a couple events this summer and fall and um, really, really, really miss it and um, was happy to be able to do a couple events here in Colorado to celebrate 10 years of the climbing zine and that actually happened last year but we didn't get to celebrate it. So we did a couple events this year and um, you know because we didn't get to go as many places as I would have liked to celebrate 10 years of the zine, I figured I'd put out a recording um, from Durango from our event here last month. It's a bit of a raw recording. You know, when you're talking to a mic in front of an audience, I tend to get a little louder, but it does have some lessons I've learned from the climbing zine, some audio and uh, a special guest appearance from uh, Tim Folks. As you probably already know by now, the best way to support this podcast and to support the climbing zine is to pick something up. Um, check the link in your show notes. That'll get you 15% off anything in our store. We got books, zines, merch. We even have a children's book. And we have stickers as well. Hey, everyone. Tommy Caldwell here. You know, everyone, at least in the climbing world these days, is trying to figure out ways to live more intentionally, to live a less impactful life. And one of the best things we as climbers can do to make that happen is to support and buy things from the companies that are doing the same thing, the companies that are figuring out ways to lower their carbon footprint, lower their chemical usage, make their products out of recycled materials, make products that just don't wear out. And you know, the only company that's doing that well in the ropes and hardware space is Edelrid. They've been innovating the best products for over 100 years. They invented the sit harness. These days they make unquestionably the most high quality ropes, the lightest weight carabiners. And really they're just awesome all around. So check them out at www.climbgreen.com. Hey, this is Chad Rich. I'm the editor and producer of this podcast. We can't bring you this audio art without your support and support from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Scarpa. Scarpa's approach to climbing shoe design mirrors their approach to the pursuit of climbing itself. They strive to evolve and incorporate new ideas and techniques every step of the way. They refine their strengths, train their weaknesses, and build on each success. Scarpa has been bolstering its climbing shoe foundations by continuing to create versatile, high-quality designs that satisfy the needs of climbers across a range of disciplines and skill levels. For more information, visit scarpa.com. All right, let's get into episode 17 from Durango. So we're here to celebrate 10 years of the climbing scene. And it's actually a year late. Um, this is the 11th year of the climbing scene, but something happened last year. I don't remember. Do you know that the climbing zine is the only independent, widely circulated rock climbing print publication in the United States? 
Thanks to Rock and Ice and Climbing for selling out. We appreciate that. So, um, Adam, I think we're starting the presentation now. Um, this isn't Climber Beer Night. This is a literary event. You can't, you can't stop Adam selling raffle tickets. I'll just continue. You guys know Dave Chappelle? I'm the opening act, by the way. That's how the climbing zine rolls. So I'm the opening act for myself, which is great. Um, so Dave Chappelle has this um, line. He was in an interview, and someone was asking about Trump or something stupid. And he he was like, how does how does Trump affect your comedy? And he was like, comedy is my world. And climbing is my world. Um, I got into climbing at a rough point in my life, about 21, 22 years ago. And I was depressed. I was suicidal. And climbing was like the opposite of not wanting to live. And that's kind of guided me through my life. And for better or worse, climbing is my life. And it's my world. And it's how I exist in the world. And it's the reason we're all here tonight. So let's give it up for climbing. So it's been two years since I've done an in-person event here in Durango, and it, it feels so good to see you all. Um, you guys did give me a heart attack by not showing up on time, but anyone who ever plans an event in Durango, you just got to realize no one's going to show up on time. So thanks for showing up. People are still showing up. <laughs> um, but I, I was thinking about the climbing zine and, you know, my runs and my climbs and I was like, what What does it really mean to me? And um, I had visions of grandeur, like, I'm such an artistic genius because I started this thing that's become so popular. And then, of course, that's the ego talking. And I, I was like, what, what do I really say? Like, what do I say to you guys that the climbing zine means to me? And then I woke up, and like many of us, I look at my phone when I wake up. And um, this guy had sent me this Instagram message. And I'm 42, so I print out Instagram messages. And I want to read it to you, and this is what it's all about. Luke, just wanted to drop you a line and thank you for your podcast. We have a podcast, too. It has helped me through an extremely difficult six months in my life. Your work has given me the ability to reflect on my own journey and why climbing is a meaningful pursuit for my own healing. Keep doing your thing. I can't imagine where I would be if I had not discovered your work. That's powerful. You guys remember early 2020? Where were we? Where was I? I was seeing the sun rising on the shore of Thailand. But what then? Where were you? How are you? I've been living, but barely. Well, that's not true. I'm not as numb and blue now that 2021 has begun. You all know me. I've been climbing cracks and writing raps. Well, poetry. I used to write them too soon for the ladies, and now I'm always on time. You can count on me even if I'm not always on time. Like, Sir Smokes a Lot, 
You guys remember him? He had the whole town. They had the whole town on lockdown. I was on the couch, but I never got too down. I was hustling, this climbing feeling. And luckily, climbers kept reading. I haven't lost anyone to COVID-19, but I have lost many to skiing. Avalanches left me bluer than Dan Escalante's eyes. And I will miss Jeff and Bert, and I will say that with a word. You know I got the good word, but I'm struggling just like everyone else. Moses wasn't out in the desert as much as I was last season. I knew, I knew I was out there for a reason. I was contemplating love and love lost and the cost. I took whippers and got core shots. My car even went 360 degrees in the snow on the highway. Luckily, no semi was coming my way. I survived it all so I could be here tonight. All I want to do is light some sort of passion in your asses. Empathy, stories, love, and compassion are the gases we're going to light this night up with. So, let's begin. So I'm going to kind of frame this around 10 lessons I've learned through the climbing scene. The first lesson is don't underestimate small beginnings. My whole publishing in the, in the zine world started with this dude named Hetty Eddie. And he, he told me we're in a, a place called the Savoy Lodge in Gunnison where we used to have two friends that lived there and then eight people would live in the parking lot and their campers. It was awesome. And he's like, dude, have you ever heard of a zine? And that's how the zine began. Some do. It's just like, have you ever heard of a zine? And so I moved here, and when I moved here, it was the end of the last economic recession. And it was really hard to find a job, as Tim can attest. You're going to hear from Tim later. Um, super hard to find a job. I was applying everywhere. I, I went and met with the professor or the president of Fort Lewis, and she was like, I like your shoes. That was weird. Like, you don't want to give me a job? You just like my shoes? And uh, I applied for a job as a dishwasher. I'm a longtime dishwasher. And I'm really good at things you don't want to be good at, like mailing and dishwashing. You, you, never, you don't want to be a good dishwasher. I don't recommend it. But no one was hiring, so I'm like, fuck it. I'll get a dishwashing job. And so I applied for a dishwashing job. Uh, I won't say the name of the restaurant, but it was Carver's. And uh, they, they asked me for a resume. A resume. So I had a college degree. I had worked in uh, public relations and marketing and reported to the president of the college in Gunnison. Here I was in Durango, and I was getting asked for a resume for a dishwashing job. And... And no one told me that I shouldn't have quit the job I had with benefits at the university that I was working at. Apparently, you're not supposed to quit jobs with benefits during recessions. But I did, and I moved to Durango. And uh, now, you, you know the scene now, I bet I could roll up to the interview for a dishwashing job, smoke a joint during the interview, 
and still get the job. But times were different then. Um, so I just wrote my ass off. The first job I got in Durango was actually mucking horse shit. Anyone ever done that? Just me? And so I just, I, I hustled in Durango. And um, the climbing zine came with me. And uh, I realized that that was, that was going to be my deal. So I, I took all my retirement funds and I put it all into the climbing zine. And I wrote day and night. But the main thing that kept me in Durango was this place called Indian Creek. Anyone been there? Is it anyone else's favorite place in the world, like it's mine? So I'm sure there's some religious people in the audience. And um, I'm not religious. I'm, I'm not against religion. But I had what many people might call a religious experience in Indian Creek in February. And everyone complains about how many people are in Indian Creek, but they're really only there for like three or four months out of the year. Dane can attest to that. He was just there yesterday. He couldn't find a climbing partner. This morning, actually. <laughs> and uh, I was in Indian Creek with my best friend named Tim, who was sitting right in the front row. He was unemployed. We moved here the very same day, 11 years ago. We didn't even plan it. And I was with my other best friend named Tim, Two Tent Timmy. I have two best friends named Tim. I have two best friends named Dave, too. Dave's over there as well. The dirtiest dirtbag state of mind tank top you've seen in the house. That's Dave. And uh, we were there at the Broken Tooth Wall, and it was February, and they were climbing some really bad warm-up named gingivitis. I don't know why anyone would get on a route named gingivitis, but they did. So I started walking around. And, you know, in February, before they close all the cliffs of the peregrines and before the spring wind comes in, and there's this blue azure of the sky and there's the snow. And I just started to take a look around and was trying to find an unclimbed crack. I don't, I don't even know how I got this started. But I just had the idea in my mind that I wanted to find an unclimbed crack. And I did. And that we named Snaggletooth. It didn't end up being very good either, but it's kind of how you got you to gotta roll. But I was unemployed. I was mucking horse shit for $10 cash. I was getting asked for a resume for dishwashing jobs. And I was the best dishwasher this side of the Mississippi. But you also don't want to be that. You don't, don't follow my path. And I just had this feeling like, this, this is amazing. This is what I'm put on this planet for. I love this place, and I have $0 in my bank account, so that unemployment comes through. And this is 2010 unemployment. This isn't that shit you guys are getting now, motherfuckers. This is $600 a month unemployment. Look, I was on food stamps, all this shit, man. You guys don't even know. You probably do. I'm sure some of you do. Um, lesson number two. If you know what you want to do as an artist, start working towards 10,000 hours. 
Malcolm Gladwell figured out the 10,000 hours part, but that's another lesson. I just felt like when I was here, I was house-sitting. I had the house-sitting hustle going, which is great. And I, uh, I just wrote every morning. I sat down and wrote. Uh, I'd had a 9 to 5 for three years before that. I wasn't just dishwashing before. And I realized that structure and that discipline, that's for me where the creative force came. Um, lesson number three, and we're going to get a little help from uh, one of my best friends named Tim, Tim Folks. Lesson number three, accept help from friends and strangers alike. Um, I've had friends that have come to business meetings with me at Outdoor Retailer in Salt Lake City. Um, All of you guys, like, I consider the zine to be my baby. And all you guys are kind of like the uncles and the aunts and the cousins of the zine because I know you talk about it. I know you tell people. I know you give people zines. I know it. Who's given someone a zine? Raise your hand. Thank you. And that's really what's made this thing this thing. So accept help from your friends and strangers alike. I had a guy email me one time, and he's like, I want to give you thousands of dollars for the zine. And usually, you know, when you get those emails, they're not legit. And I looked this guy up, and he was the son of a governor of Illinois. If you know anything about the governors of Illinois, they all go to jail. (laughs) Seriously. And his dad went to jail. (laughs) His name was Charlie Walker. Great dude. And he, he gave me, he gave me like a few thousand dollars to start the zine. And I've still never met the guy. He just goes around. He's like a Johnny Appleseed of um, helping people with their creative vision. But the reason he found the zine is because my friend Scott left a zine in Yosemite, and he found it. Um, so Tim's going to get up here. Tim is a special guest. Um, you know, bear with us all. How many of us have really been in front of a crowd in like a year or two? Uh, it's difficult. I, I love it. I'm comfortable on the stage, but even me, I'm, I was a little nervous. I usually don't get nervous. I usually get really calm. But this is, uh, this is Tim. He's my best friend. I love him to death. I, uh, he's a big, big, big inspiration to me. Um, Tim and I have, have both had our, our, our rock bottoms in, in different ways. And we've, he's, he's just, uh, he really inspires me um, through his life. And he always wants to become a better person. And um, I'm just going to let Tim freestyle a story about, uh, from his perspective, about me moving to Durango at the same time as him and kind of starting the climbing zine and if that's what he wants to talk about great and if he just wants to uh to freestyle it that's great too tim what was that 2010 end of 2010 is that correct we turn this on oh it's on yeah yeah. Was it that was the, end, the of two end of 2010? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I just came off of uh, a bunch of years in Monticello, Utah at that point, and then ended that whole chunk of my life in a disaster and was like, okay, I got to move to the big city. And that was Durango. Um, I'd done a bunch of work with Southwest Conservation Corps. So I had a bunch of friends over here. So I just said, I just got to come here. But when I got here, 
didn't really have much opportunity until the following um, February. So, um, no, it was probably a little later than that. So I remember meeting Luke uh, the first day we both got here at Carver's. It was probably when he was submitting his resume. And uh, we couldn't believe that all these years separated, we end up back in the same town. Um, we'd separated from Gunnison. It was a hard breakup. We were sad. Uh, I had to go live in close to the in, close to Indian Creek, my second favorite place in the world. Um, but I didn't have anybody, any friends there. So when I got here, uh, I was in uh, Luke mentions Rock Bottom. Uh, I was probably there. Uh, I was dark in alcoholism and was in the quitting mode at that juncture, uh, but was in disaster mode. Um, so Luke was really there for me. So uh, on that side, except help, uh, both of us looking for work, uh, struggling to find it, barely making it by. To one point, things got really bad. Luke let me stay on his couch for a long period of time. And I had, I had just moved into this house like a week before. <laughs> yeah. And I was living in a, in a front. It wasn't even a room. It was like a front It was a solarium. And then I, uh, I was like, hey, you mind if my friend stays on the couch? <laughs> I washed a bunch of dishes there, got good at that. I also had a pass of washing dishes with Luke in Gunnison and Crested Butte, so I had a high, high skill set there as well. So I earned that couch for quite a while. Well, I did things like uh, jail <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <Jail>! <laughs> riding, riding my bike everywhere and all of a sudden realizing that I could do endurance sports that I never thought I could do. So that's a whole other story. Thanks for, the, um, t uh, for one of my higher number DUIs. Uh, it's unfortunate. Um, on to this story now where Luke is feverishly putting together this uh, small-time enterprise uh, with the help of some other friends that aren't here, uh, Al Smith the third, uh, and uh, some of you know him, um, Sean Manasavich, um, trying to make this little zine happen um, on shoestring while working uh, various um, food service jobs throughout a series of time. Eventually, he got better work uh, and more free time and more control of your destiny even while working at uh, North Zia for a very long time, uh, making the zine happen more and more, also pushing ever harder um, at Outdoor Retailer, um, trying to help them understand that you have a very incredible product, which was a very difficult thing to do. Um, all the while, both of us changing significantly, uh, I was able to follow a track of, uh, through your help, uh, help, uh, by the way, I know we're diverging from the zine a little bit, but uh, accepting help was super critical in the sense that uh, there was one point before I quit drinking, uh, Luke told me, so this is a quick quip about uh, best friends and what they do for you. Uh, he told me he was gonna quit our friendship if I, continued on the path because he couldn't take it anymore. It was too painful. Uh, I was too disastrous to myself for the amount of alcohol I could consume at any one given time um, and then not recall most of that the following day or week or whatever after. And he was like, we're quitting this friendship unless you change this trajectory 
And it took a little while, and he held on a little longer than he probably should have, but he held on. And uh, we get to maintain this uh, extremely uh, incredible friendship. And that moves on to the stories of the creek that you heard uh, read about in the book The Desert, or if you listen to the podcast where we went from just being rock climbers to uh, to root developers um, and making our own way out at this very special place uh, Indian Creek that so many of us here um, and so many of us not here love so much and allowed to change our lives. And I spent the last 20 years of my life out there as well. And when we found those first fresh uh, first ascents um, and then ventured out and to what we've created now with a bunch of folks in this uh, room by way of uh, shameless plug, cave wall, uh, check it out. Uh, it's the only time I'll ever be in a guidebook, check it out. Uh, top roping also check it out but I was seconding for anybody that cares Fred Knapp from Sharp End Publishing was mad at me because I was the only guy in any of his guidebooks he said ever that was top roping in a picture but Chris Schulte come to my defense and he's like no he's following so check it out shameless plug um, but it brought us along this path that the zine followed as well throughout um, and even to the backdrops of many of Luke's um, artistic works on film. Um, and uh, so that just, uh, that brings us to now. Uh, I'm super honored, uh, super grateful. Um, I wouldn't be anywhere that I am without you as my friend, and I'm lucky to have been on this journey with you this whole time. Thank you. Oh. Well done. I didn't even know Tim was going to be here tonight, and he just freestyled all that. So that was amazing. Um, like I said, I'm a little rusty on the mic, a little rusty in front of a, being in front of a crowd. Um, before we go any further, I just want to thank Sanford right here um, from Pine Needle Dry Goods. He stepped up to uh, really make this an engaging event. Um, as you all know, the enterprises that I'm in, that a lot of you guys are in, um, we're not in it for the money, um, and Sanford has just really showed an incredible amount of enthusiasm for this event, and uh, he also wants to get into climbing, so we need to get Sanford out climbing, um, but yeah, big shout out to Sanford and Pine Needle Dry Goods for, for putting this all together, um, and then also Sarah with Maria's Books, Maria's Bookshop. We did an online event uh, about five months ago, and uh, it didn't go quite as well. <laughs> it was a Zoom event, and uh, I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll try out the Zoom event. I hate Zoom, but I'll try it. And uh, there was two people there, and they were kind of muted. It's like, all right, at least we got two people. And then I looked in, and it was a uh, fellow Maria's Bookshop employee and her boyfriend, Sam, <laughs> and, when, and, and, and Janae, <laughs> my good friend Janae who's also a very special guest to be here tonight. I thought you were on your bike in the Appalachia, but she's here. She flew in on the Zine jet. So, yeah, we got a jet. Lesson number four. And this doesn't apply to the raffle tickets. While we're, while we're doing the raffle ticket, let's give a shout-out to Adam Farrow. His, his passion for selling raffle tickets is unparalleled. I told him, Adam, we're, we're getting ready. We're going to have people sit down for the event. And he goes, raffle tickets. 
Um, lesson number four, give things away for free. Free always wins. And I was told that by, uh, you guys know Tom Shadak? Maybe not. He's the director of Ace Ventura, Liar Liar, like movies like that. And uh, he got cool when he, he like had a mountain bike accident and busted his head. And then he realized he was living a, a lifestyle that really wasn't him. He had a private jet and he had a mansion in Malibu. And I was at the Telluride Mountain Film Fest and he's like, Luke, I like your zine. You need to give these away for free. And I was like, man, you're a millionaire. Don't tell me this shit. But little did I know, Google, Facebook, give stuff away for free, you win. A uh, little, little different business uh, model than Facebook, but uh, free always wins. Lesson number five, always make the time to climb and exercise. It makes you more productive. Lesson number six, there's a price for living the dream. Decide what kind of dream it is you want to live and then be willing to pay the price. Lesson number seven, deadlines make the world go round. However, I've always chosen quality over deadlines. Um, at this point, I want to tell you guys one more story, and uh, it's, it has nothing to do with climbing. It has, uh, it's a running story. And uh, about seven years ago, I decided to go on a run with uh, my good friend Tim, who just spoke, and my good friend Jonathan, who's here tonight. Some of you guys might know him as Badger. Raise your hand. And my brother from New York City, who is a lawyer and plays football. We decided to go run engineer. And engineer, probably the most... Uh, straightforward kind of thing you could do for a lot of us. For some reason this day, it was like super foggy. And my brain was a little foggy too because we had had a, a beach party at the golf wall the night before. And uh, we were hoping for girls in bikinis and it was just us dudes with fake mustaches. Uh, Alyssa looks really excited back there for the next golf wall. <laughs> Will you wear a graffiti or you wear a bikini? Okay. We got girls in bikinis. Uh, raise your hand if you want to wear a bikini at the next golf ball event. Welcome to the party. This, this girl right here is down. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, my brother's in town from New York City, and we decided we're going to hike engineer. And it was all foggy, and I'm going to sound like an idiot, which is fine, because I'm, I'm willing to sound like an idiot. Um, we hike engineer, and I'm, I'm all worried. I'm all worried that uh, my brother is not going to do well. Um, that he's going to be, he's from New York City, that he's going to slip on that third. How many people up here have, have climbed Engineer? You know that third class spot where you're just like, man, I don't know. So we're hiking up, and I'm all worried. And we're hiking up, and just before we kind of get to that steep section where you go up, we heard this, like, gunshot noise. It's the only way I can describe it. It was like a gunshot. And we're like, what the fuck was that? This is a weird day. And so my brother's on that third class section. And uh, if my brother falls and, and dies, and my, his, my sister-in-law is going to kill me. She's intense. And uh, we go through that part. Nothing. Clint's fine. He's in tennis shoes. It's even a bit moist, a little bit wet. And uh, we get to the top. We get down. And we're hiking down. 
and somehow we go the wrong way on engineer. And four hours later, we've separated from Tim and Jonathan. And we're going down this drainage, and I have the fear of God in me and the fear of my sister-in-law. And we go down and we go down. And my brother's got this Fitbit, and he's like, man, I'm, I'm really crushing my buddies on this Fitbit because, you know, like city people, they measure their steps. I don't know why. They all do. They all do. They brag about their steps. No one in Durango has ever bragged about a step. Except for Kelly. Ch- chat with Kelly later if you want to talk steps. You can call my mom, too. My mom's a big step person. So Clint's, he's not worried. I'm, I, I think we're going to die out here. I'm like, we, are, we have not seen our friends in four hours. And can you imagine if you were hiking engineer and your two friends disappeared? And so Tim and Jonathan, you can ask them later, and uh, they can tell their version of this story. But they're freaking out. They're wondering where we are. They're hiking up and down. They're remembering that gunshot. And so we come at this intersection. And uh, I'm like, we should go this way. And my brother's like, no, I think we should go this way. And I'm like, well, let's, let's go with what my brother thinks. Because obviously I'm not, I'm not doing great. And, and we actually are headed the wrong way. But we see this yurt. And not a yurt, like a... a a canvas tent. People are still rolling in. It's great. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome. You're a little late, but it's okay. Durango. And uh, we're lost in the mountains right now. That's what's going on. Um, we, we, we come across this camper's, this uh, hunter's tent. And we're like, this is really weird, but we are saved. Like, even if we have to bivy with these people tonight on their romantic evening, we're staying here. Like, we are not dying in this, you know, we're, we're wearing shorts. We don't have a phone because uh, it was 2013 or whatever. And for some reason, we bring our phone. And, uh, and we're like, hey, do you guys know where we are? And they're like, yeah, 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 just go that way, you know. And they're making, like, a pie. They're making this, like, no-bake cheesecake pie thing. They're like, hmm, that smells good. They didn't offer us any, but they told us where to go. Meanwhile, Jonathan is hiking back up the mountain at 10 o'clock in the night, and Jonathan, in his mind, is like, I'm about to be killed by those people, those gunshots we heard earlier. Those people killed Luke and Clint. And Jonathan is still, he's verifying this, yeah. I'm not just embellishing. And he's like, I'm going into this. And I'll never forget that for you, Jonathan. I always knew you were a true friend then, that you were willing to just go up and die and leave Tim without any friends. <laughs> so we hike out, and we're running now. We're, we're like running out. We're, we're, in, we're in Cascade Canyon. <laughs> we're the other end of Cascade Canyon. <laughs> We went down a drainage from Engineer all the way to Cascade. And we're running out. We're running like the book Born to Run, you know, like all the lies that they told in that book. And uh, I got some inside information. Um, we're like born to run, running. We're like, yeah, we're, we're, this is, we were born to run. We're running and we're running and we're in shorts and Clint's Fitbit is crushing it. 
and we hit the highway, and we come out at Cascade at that, you know, that hairpin turn where that semi crashed a few years ago. We come out right there, and we stick our thumbs out, and within 30 seconds, a car picks us up. And the car is coming back from Crested Butte, where I used to live, and they're playing Black Alicious, one of my favorite hip-hop groups. I didn't have a phone, but I had Tim's number memorized, 435-459-2208. He's not single, so don't, if any ladies, don't call him. Yeah, he's, he's taken. Um, I, I called Tim, and I texted him, and he's like, we're all right. And so you'd think the story ends there. Uh, but I told this same story at the Raven Narratives um, right here at the Art Center one day. And uh, this girl in the audience pops up. She's like, that was me in the tent. <laughs> That's a story. Yeah, this is so fun. I feel like there were so many things in my mind I was going to say as I was preparing for this night. But I'm, I'm just really honored everyone rallied um, to come out. Um, Let's give a shout out to our merch, uh, our merch babes back there, and our Climbers Coalition babes. Um, all the raffle ticket sales are going to the Durango Climbers Coalition, newly formed group. Um, you can check out our our uh, coalition babes back there; they'll tell you about it. Uh, Phil Daryl in so he, he can get his elevator pitch ready. Um, but so that's where all the raffle tickets are, sales are going tonight. Um, lesson number eight, and I, I just learned this lesson again this week, and I learned it every three months when I pay my quarterly taxes. Always save money for Uncle Sam, because he will get that shit. And he wants to spend that money on unnecessary wars and locking people up for plant medicine and Roads and, you know, stuff like that. Always, always, always save money for Uncle Sam. If you're running your own business, Brian up here in the front row can verify that. Um, lesson number nine. If you want to reach the nation, start from your mountain town. Um, that's a paraphrase of Outcast. If you want to reach the nation, start from your corner. Lesson number ten, the most important one for me. Um, as the climbing zine has become more successful. Um, it's not about me. This whole thing is not about me. It's about the community. And uh, it's not about my ego. It's, it's not about what success I feel like I've brought to it. It's this. So you guys are lesson number 10. All right, that was episode 17. Hope you guys got a little something out of that. The most beneficial thing I think I can do for the audience is to kind of let you guys know the true raw story about where the zine came from and hopefully inspire some other artists and creators to go down the rabbit hole of creating and um, just trying to put something out there in the world that you feel inclined to do based on what your passion is, whether it's music or poetry or art or climbing if you have that urge to create if you have that urge to be artistic i'd really encourage you to follow it and put things out there into the world 
it's easier now in 2021 than it's ever been to be an artist and to, to even work towards trying to earn a living with your art. Big shout out to Sanford Johnson uh, from Pine Needle Dry Goods here in Durango. He did all the capturing of the audio uh, for this event and really grateful to Sanford. Music for this episode and for the entire season of uh, season two is from Devin Dabney. Our digital editor and producer is Chad Rich. And I'm Luke Mihal signing off from beautiful Durango, Colorado. Peace.